our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, Sonia. <gasps> Hi, Simran. Hello. Oh. How has your week been? It has been so good. I feel like a big pile of mush every time I go outside because it's currently fall in Toronto and I just feel like in New Zealand or in Auckland at least we just don't get these vibrant fall colors like I'm seeing colors in leaves that I've never seen before that's interesting are you sure Sim's laughing <laughs> yeah yes I don't mean to be dramatic but I've been on a few walks and there's like really vibrant reds and like oranges and yellows, like all in one tree, bro. In one tree. It's crazy. Do you know what though? You've always come across as like an autumn girl or a fall girl. I think it's because of the colors that you like. <gasps> like you're really Stop into like it. your browns and your like deep purples and like deep reds. And I don't know, you've given off autumn vibes your whole life. So I'm glad you found a place that does it better than your home country. Wow. Thank you so much. I feel like that is a compliment. I'm also trying to experiment with my style here, so I don't know who Sonia is in Toronto yet. <laughs> so just need to keep incorporating those colors, it seems. But how's your week been? Well, I just have a little concern because I was buying my morning hot chocolate and I asked for oat milk and I was like, wow, I really haven't had like real milk since that time that you came over like two years ago and like quote unquote accidentally left your oat milk at my house and I was like oh this is interesting had it fell in love with it and now I don't have real milk which is good for me and good for the environment I'm lactose intolerant but I'm just wondering like I need to start getting calcium from other ways like I have not done anything to supplement my bones and I just had a little bit of an existential crisis this morning about it. I feel like you can get like calcium gummies or calcium vitamins, right? Yeah, I assume so. What do vegans do? I mean, I'm going to go get D12 because D12 helps the uptake of calcium. So it's like you can have all this calcium, but if you don't have D12, it doesn't do that. But it is summer, almost summertime here. So you naturally get D12 from the sun. So yeah, while you're enjoying fall, I'm just like, am I going to be brittle in like 40 years? Probably. I think it's super interesting because for those of you who don't know, we do a weekly newsletter and my tip for this week was check your vitamin D levels because it's getting darker here and it's getting cooler here and obviously we're not going to have vitamin D from the sun. 
anytime soon. And it's sunny right now. I mean, like in the next like four months, in the next few months when winter hits. So I feel like brown people, we're just notorious for being vitamin D deficient. Like my doctor was like, you don't need to pay for anything, ma'am. It is on the house. Like the government is going to cover you because you are that severely vitamin D deficient this year. Do you know what? Once I was like 15 <laughs> and I got vitamin D deficient and my parents got mad at me and I was like, how is this my fault? <laughs> they were like, how can you? You never let me leave the house. <laughs> I like- was like, what do you mean? They were like, you're simmering, you're like 15 and you're vitamin D deficient. I was like, this is not a test. Like, <laughs> Anyway, it gives me trauma. <laughs> it's the trauma of every brown kid. Like you're only allowed to have fun once a week. And all of a sudden you're mad at me for not going outside? Like, What did you expect to happen? Before we get into the show, a huge thank you to HSBC for powering this week's episode. 9 in 10 women are ready to grow their wealth in the next 12 months, yet only 33% are confident in their ability to make investment decisions. We are so proud to be partnering with HSBC as they pave the way for financial well-being and diversity, which aligns with our mission of empowering women. An integral part of HSBC's mission is to empower and support each customer with their unique wealth needs, whenever and wherever they are. So whether you're at the very beginning of your wealth creation phase and taking your first steps in investing, or you're starting to think about passing your wealth and values to the next generation, HSBC can connect you to global opportunities at every stage of your wealth journey. Jump into the link in the description to find out more. All right, back to the show. Anyway, on the topic of family trauma and vitamin D deficiency, I wanted to speak about something today that has kept coming up in our community and keeps being a question that people are asking more so now than ever, which is the idea of how do I make extra money on the side during a time like this when recessions are looming, where inflation is high, cost of living is so critically high that even getting like a lettuce is $9. It's ridiculous. We have had a lot of people say, look, in a world where Everything is trying to be turned into a side hustle. How do I actually go about choosing one that is right for me and not burning myself out and not turning my passions into side hustles? Now, there were some really interesting studies that found that 45% of Americans have a side hustle in this year. The average monthly income from a side hustle is only 483 US dollars. People are spending about 13 hours per week on their side hustle which averages out to $37 an hour. Now, the problem is that there are side hustles that will pay you much more, that are worth your time more, and that don't take as long. And so we wanted to cover the side hustles that we would recommend or that we would personally do or have done in this episode so that you can walk away with something that doesn't leave you burnt out because yes, we want more money, but no, we don't want to do it at the detriment of like our existence and our sanity. Now, let's just get straight into it, guys. The first side hustle that I personally have done and recommend is print on demand. Now, people get print on demand and drop shipping confused. So let me quickly explain the difference. Drop shipping is when a product already exists by another manufacturer. Let's say it is like a keychain. It's already made and it's sitting in some warehouse in the other side of the world. And dropshipping is where you sell that keychain on your website, someone pays for it to you, and then you get the manufacturer to send it off so that you don't have to hold that inventory in your own home, in your own studio. You don't have to have a whole warehouse and a shipping team and the logistics are done. 
The downside of dropshipping is that oftentimes dropshipping is done in places which might not be the best because more often than not, you don't actually know where this is coming from. You don't know what the workers are being treated like in those spaces. Often they are done in areas where labor is cheaper. And then there's print on demand. Now, print on demand is often for items like merch, so like totes and bags and stickers where If someone buys something from your website, then it gets made and then it gets sent to them. So there's no inventory that's held in your place or in the manufacturer's place. And it's beautiful to me because it means there is no wastage. You don't have like, we don't sell merch at this stage, but we don't have like 20 girls that invest shirts sitting waiting to be sold. And if they don't get sold, they get wasted away. It would be If someone bought something, then it gets made. It gets made in like two days because the shirt's already there. You just put the designs on them and then it gets shipped off. And it's nice and easy. And what I love about print on demand is you're not turning your time into actual dollar numbers in a very linear way. It's not like, hey, if I put in five hours, I get paid $20 an hour. It's infinite the amount of money you can make because the more merch you sell or the more clothes you sell the more money you make and it's a lot more scalable that's the difference between good side hustles and bad side hustles is scalable do you reckon you have to be like super creative to do that ish i think that anyone that's interested and is like worried about their creativity i did used to i'll be honest i used to draw out my designs like on my ipad so yes like You have to be somewhat creative, but I've seen people use Canva for it and use like Canva fonts. And so they make like slogans and they'll put it up there. And that's one way of doing it. You don't have to be someone that is super creative and makes like lots of beautiful artwork. Sometimes it can just be text. Do you know what I reckon is a good idea? I feel like trying to profit off seasons would be fair. Like fall? (laughs) Yeah, like fall. I have never experienced such a distinct celebration of seasons like I have in Canada. Like as soon as it was October 1st, there are pumpkins everywhere. Halloween, people go all out. Same with Christmas. You know, it's November 1st now. I anticipate I will be seeing a lot of Christmas trees soon. Easter, like there's so many, I guess, like season stores that you can do if you don't want to do like this all year round. I can offer a free design idea to you guys right now. Give it to us. Canva has probably a thousand fonts. Well, like there are probably over a thousand fonts that exist in this entire world. Why don't you just like make font shirts? And then for Halloween, people are like, oh, what are you? And I'll be like, I'm Comic Sans. <laughs> I mean, that made me laugh. Is that what you want for Christmas? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> if you get that... For me, for Christmas, I get a package. I'm returning it to you. (laughs) Okay. Now, with print-on-demand, how much can you make in a single day once? It did not happen every single day, so I don't want to give you the wrong idea. But we did $50,000 in sales, and that was in US dollars. And that was because, as Sonia actually mentioned, seasons do affect how your sales do. So people love buying merch. They love buying them as gifts for other people during times like Diwali or Christmas or Valentine's Day. So we would have these big peaks, but it would also mean that sales would drop off around like March, April, May, June, unless, you know, someone's birthday was coming up. So that's one of the downsides of print on demand. But to me, I find that 
some of the downsides that also occur is that it is costly. So the way it works is if I was selling a shirt, I would be charged $15 to have it made, have it shipped and have all the logistics taken care of. And if there's customer service problems, I would be able to like just submit an inquiry and a new shirt would be sent to the customer, no cost associated. But that shirt costs $15 just for it to go out. So as a business owner, you'll have to sell that for at least like 20 US dollars or $25. It gets a little bit pricey. So the costs are higher. You also have to make your own website so you can put these shirts and these mugs and stickers into your own website and plug them in through something like Shopify. But then you have to have people coming to the website. And so it's a lot easier to do print on demand once you have a social media following, or if you've got a community, or if you're part of a club, part of a church organization, whatever it is, you can't just put it out there and hope people turn up to it. You need people that are invested in that particular idea or community to then go out and support you through the merch. Now, one of my other side hustles is leveraging social media so we'll talk about that later but I do have a question for you Sonia do you think that you could ever see yourself doing something like this I'm gonna be honest no because for me I'm not the most creative person when it comes to like drawing and ideas and you know all that jazz and I feel like I have ideas for example I gave you all a free business idea just then but it's gonna take a lot more energy for me to do the thing then appreciate the coins from it do you know what I mean like it's just more mentally tolling and for me that idea sounds exhausting (laughs) just with my skills and strengths and what I want to do energy wise so it doesn't make sense for me to entertain something like that even if it does make a pretty good passive income throughout the years if you're happy with those peaks and the seasons but you enjoy it you know it's just about getting to know you and what you like. I love it though. Like I love that you've been honest with it because it goes to show something that I hope if you're listening at home, you can take away from this. Everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses, right? Like I might be really good at design, but I am terrible at like backend organization or bookkeeping. And I have to like get help with that sort of stuff. And so if you're starting a business where you're like, hey, let me like bookkeep for someone, if that's your weakness, that is going to be so much harder to one star and then two keep going versus honing in to your actual talent. So leverage the strengths you have. Don't feel like you have to start an uphill battle with something that you don't love, but like would make money. Mm. One of the side hustles that I feel like is getting more and more popular is digital art and like templates. I have talked about my iPad nonstop since I've gotten it. You know, I'm an organizer. I love like digital planners and templates. And I feel like a lot more people are trying to go paperless because it's cheaper. You know, you don't have to store your stationery everywhere. I had a huge stationery and book problem. Like when I left (laughs) and trying to get rid of all of that clutter was insane to me. And I never really want to be in that position ever again if I move or when I move. And so a lot of people are looking to organize their life, but 
organize their life digitally. And I think there is a wave of people making digital templates. So for example, if you are a planner and you've made like a great daily planner or a weekly planner or a monthly planner for yourself, why not upload that to a site like Etsy? Or if you've created your own website, you can sell these digital templates. And there are so many ideas. You could do digital budgets, recipe templates, social media content planner templates, habit trackers, journal prompt templates. The list is literally endless, babes. And then there'll be people like me who buy your templates because I love organization. But as I said, I'm not really into, I wouldn't say wasting my time, but spending the time to like come up with like a cute design and make sure that my planner is cute because I really like cute planners but I don't want to spend the time designing it. And if I see something that is cute for a fraction of the cost rather than buying like a $50 like hardback planner, then I'll buy it, you know? I think a lot more people are trying to go paperless, as I said before. So I think this is really going to flourish the next few months, few years. Everyone's getting their iPads. In terms of the cons, I think... With Etsy, it's probably one of the most popular people where people sell these digital templates. However, they've had a change in or they're going to have a change in their fees and payment policy from the 1st of December this year. And I think a lot of people have not backlashed, but a lot of people are trying to get off Etsy because when you make a sale through Etsy from the 1st of December this year, you'll be charged a transaction fee of 6.5% of the price that you display for each listing. So that already is going to take a lot of your final sale. Even if you sell a lot of templates, it is going to take a huge chunk from your sale. So what people are trying to do is setting up their own website. And that does take labor. That does take time you have these amazing resources that can help you build your website quicker and faster nowadays but it's still going to take a bit of time you can pay someone to do it but again that's a cost that you have to fork out so I think that's one of the biggest cons is like trying to figure out the best way for you to display these templates. I know Sim will go into like social media soon, but I think one of the best ways that is low cost is maybe starting off by being on Instagram, by being on TikTok. This is some free marketing advice for you. But if you're on TikTok, like I feel like your product is going to do so well because I think most companies are trying to market on TikTok as well. So These social media accounts are free to make. It is going to take a little bit of your time in terms of creating content. But I think if you're okay with spending the time to build your brand and then launching your brand and, you know, would you say it takes like a month, maybe two months to get momentum, then do it because I don't think it's worth paying a website like Etsy that amount of fees. I'm so glad you mentioned that about Etsy because as a consumer, someone that like looks through Etsy, it's like, oh my God, this is so great. There's so many different things to buy. And what I want to buy, there's like 10 versions and 10 different prices and all these reviews. But as a business owner, Etsy is not the place that I would want to be because you are constantly in competition with other people and you are fighting like tooth and nail for someone to look at your account and your product instead of the five other digital, you know, 
ebooks that are out there or the five digital like planners that are out there having your own website is by far the best way to go but it does like you said mean that you need to put in more work to get consumers to go to yourwebsite.com instead of trying to find you through etsy yeah Look, I think we talk about the con of, you know, spending a little bit more time up front and developing a website or creating your social media accounts and creating that momentum. I would argue with anything in life that you're going to have to put a little bit of time up front to learn, get used to something because it doesn't mean that it's not worth it. It's just if you have the time now and the resources now, if you're not exhausted from your nine to five, if you do have the mental energy to do this, For me, it's more of a why not situation if you do have that talent and you do have some great resources to share and there is a need for it right now. Everyone has, you know, iPads or tablets. They're using Google Sheets. They're using things online to organize their life. Google Calendar, if you can make people's lives easier digitally because it's already such a mess in terms of all the apps and everything that we have going available, then why not? But again, it's just evaluating for yourself what you want to put energy into. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Oh, 110%. And if you think about it, you know, there's two ways of doing side hustles, as we mentioned earlier. One is you're strictly putting in your time to get money, and that is a low barrier to entry. You can turn up and, you know, do some work in some way where you say, hey, I'll work for two hours and I get paid $20 an hour. That is all you can do with that time. Yes, these other ways that we're speaking about with digital products and print on demand, they are so much more time consuming to begin with, but then you get the benefit of that long-term growth where eventually once things work out, because they will with your social media and your website, you'll have money coming in where you don't have to be there physically. Someone can buy an ebook from your store and you're able to just literally be doing something else in that moment and that's one of the best ways to grow side hustles if one of your tiktoks blow up that's so many more people that are going to come onto your website and go wow this is really cool and you're just suddenly going to see a spike and it just blows my mind there's also influence marketing that you can use but before i get too into that because i could honestly do a whole episode on this topic in itself I want to speak about using social media as the 
third side hustle idea. Now, this is probably my forte. It is what I love. It is what I've done time and time again. I've done it with the Indian Feminist. I've done it with Girls at Invest. I guess I've also done it with some other brands that I've either run myself or helped other people run. And it's the idea that you start up a social media account where you have a collective mission that you and your target audience are for. So with the Indian Feminist, it was, you know, raising the voices of women of color, specifically South Asian women. With Girls That Invest, it was very clear helping people with education, especially with financial literacy and investing. You know, with another brand, it was making really cool sunglasses affordable because they were really expensive and I wanted to make sure that people could get them, you know, for a fraction of the cost. So there's all these different things that you can do. But to have social media, it's like what a time to be alive. It is one of those moments where, like Sonia said, it is free. You just have to find what your audience is after. What do they like? My recommendation is start with your area of expertise online. If you are really good at nutrition and that's the thing that everyone in your life keeps coming to you for, start making posts about nutrition. Write up a tweet, put it onto Instagram. That's your Instagram page done. Twitter posts do so well there. Jump onto TikTok. TikTok is so hard to do in the term that we don't know what kind of videos do well, but follow three or four people that do really good nutrition videos. Watch them for a week. See what they do. Start saving the posts that you like that they do that you think, wow, that's really interesting. And then take your own spin on it. Obviously, do not copy them. Or if you do, tag them to say that you have taken this idea from them. But eventually you'll start seeing these XYZ kind of videos do well. So let me remake it, share my point of view. And once you start helping people and once they start seeing, hey, this person is so genuine, she literally or he literally just wants to help me. They've put out all this free advice and content for months and months and months on end. You'll start to see traction. And after a while, you can then go, hey, here's this digital product I want to sell. Or hey, here's this merch that I'd love to offer you. Or hey, I do one-on-one coaching for nutrition or career advice or whatever it is. But you do the long game so that when people understand you and trust you, they are ready to spend their hard-earned money on you. I think the mistakes I see with side hustles is people will come out with a product on day one or they'll be like, hey, this is the course I do or this is the thing I'm selling. But you don't know them and they haven't, you know, earned their badge, so to speak, (laughs) to have, you know, these kind of experiences. So start with social media, start small. It is not easy. You will be quite confused. But what you do, see what does well, do more of it, try new things if it doesn't work out try different posts and eventually you'll see, hey, the fitness community love like these three kind of posts. So I'll do more of them. They love workout videos or they love like day in the life videos of me going to the gym or they love watching me explain how I set up my meal prep. You don't even have to show your face. You can do voiceovers of like the camera showing your day and you're just speaking. So there's all these ways around the fears that we might have. And of course, it is easier said than done and it takes a lot of upfront time but those kind of side hustles really pay off in the long term even if you do a nine to five and you're just wanting to showcase your life and you're you know happy in your corporate job you're showing the perks of your corporate job you yourself can be the brand that you're putting out there on social media and again there are cons to it you know with social media you kind of have to have a 
tough skin eventually and, you know, the comments here and there. And there are cons to having an online presence and having your personality or you yourself as the brand. But I think even for me, I've really noticed a shift in who I watch in terms of creators on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok. Like I really notice myself gravitating towards people who have kind of jobs outside of social media, but they're sharing what they do online. So for example, there's like a day in the life of a nurse, like follow me while I do a 12 hour shift. I think that is insane. Not only are we getting an insight on how hard these people work, like again, I'm putting it out there, nurses do not get paid enough. People in the healthcare field do not get paid enough, but it really gives you insight on how that job is not I don't think it's a secret anymore. You can make some serious cash on social media and by having your brand on social media. And these are things that people have a 12-hour shift and still post, you know? Crazy. It is crazy. It's interesting. I feel the exact same way. Like I have been watching a lot of influencers who are people that do things outside of influencing. Like I think I've moved away from the you know traditional influences and now it's like yeah that really cool like surgeon that also like makes tiktoks or like the ophthalmologist that makes tiktoks it's so funny how that Mm. works out it's so cool come with me as like a prep for a trial like as a lawyer you know like it's things that i want to see and it shows people what you do that they might not, you know, get to see in career school because it doesn't have to be in the medical field or in law or one of the big four. There is someone that works in book publishing, bless her soul. She like does marketing for book publishing and she has an amazing TikTok account with like hundreds of thousands of followers because she just goes about her day, has like a really cute, quiet life and like her commute, like she romanticizes every part of her day. And I'm like, I love it, you know? So in conclusion, I think social media in terms of, yeah, a side hustle is a great way to do it in terms of marketing yourself as the brand or having a few months of consistent content where people get to know you before you launch your product, also a great idea. All in all, fab. Would I do it? No. Would Sim do it? Absolutely. I would do it in my sleep. Yeah, she loves it. Sonia's worst nightmare is like someone seeing her in public and knowing who she is. (laughs) Or she would do social media, but it would be like behind the scenes and you'd never know it was her doing it. It would just be like this random hand that you're like, wait, that hand looks kind of familiar. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth and final side hustle that we'd like to talk about is freelance work. Now, I think there are so many different types of freelancing that you can do. I think start off by assessing your strengths and what you're good at and what it takes you little to no time to do compared to someone else who might take them hours and hours and hours to do and they just want to give that task to someone else. They want to delegate. So that could be copywriting, that could be transcribing, that could be, you know, giving your voice and reading for audiobooks if you have like a really nice voice, really nice accent and you can read. <laughs> Didn't someone tell you once that you should go and like read audiobooks for a living? Yeah, she was a fellow podcaster as well, so it meant a lot to me. Aww. I should really look into that. Do it. 
giving your opinion in terms of like surveys, in terms of written reviews, admin tasks, organizations, and you can market your skills on websites like Freelancer, like Fiverr, like Upwork, or you can market your skills on LinkedIn and social media. You know, a lot of virtual assistants, they actually get their clients through social media and you can get your clientele to like give you reviews and you posting that on social media. Again, we're going back to social media a lot in these points and it's because it is important and it applies. Cons, time consuming. I don't think this is a passive form of income. So it is where you are working outside of your nine to five and you're giving time and labor in exchange for money, obviously. But I think once you build your clientele up and you get more experience and you get more exposure, there are many stories of people leaving their nine to five and just doing freelancing because they've really honed in on transcribing, for example. Like transcribing to the average person sounds very easy, but it's not. Like you have to pay attention and you have to be a fast typer. And, you know, there's a lot of skill and time and effort and attention to detail that goes into it. And if you've got that as a skill, why not market it? Yeah, so I would say the biggest con is time, exchanging time for money rather than it being a passive stream of income. But a pro could be that you could go full-time with it and really pick and choose what clients you take once you've built up that reputation and you've marketed yourself accordingly. I find that freelancing is such a great way to like dip your toes into industries as well. And I remember when I was younger being like, well, how on earth would I freelance? Or like, what are the skills I have? Because often you assume that what you know is like what everyone knows or what you're good at is what everyone else is good at. And I remember like I would start making social media posts for a company and they were like, oh, this would usually take us like four hours. And in my head, I was like, this takes me an hour like this is so easy for me and yet like it's just so difficult for them it's just like that's just what our skill sets are and that's why they're paying me to do it so if you're unsure about like what's that skill that you have that people would pay you for just think about what do people come up to you for are you the friend that people like hey can you like proofread this for me or are you the friend where people are like can you help me organize my bedroom or like help me organize like my files Like, what kind of friend are you? Are you the CV friend? Are you the friend that someone would be like, hey, you're really good at, like, taking photos or, like, making videos. Can you video this for me or edit this for me? Find that skill. And like Sonia said, just put yourself out there on social media. Maybe even do a couple for free just to get some testimonials for free that you can pop on your website, your Instagram. And I'm a big fan of it. But it is, like Sonia said, one of those ones where you're you're putting your time in to get money out. But in saying that, if you get really good at it, if you're like the top transcriber or the top copywriter or the top, you know, social media person, you can make some big hourly bucks doing that. I think a lot of people want a side hustle, but they don't really know where to start. So hopefully by us, you know, going through these four side hustles and giving you pointers on where you can start and how to assess your strengths really help. Like, where do you think the line is in terms of, yep, I'm doing this for extra money. It's an extra income stream. How do we ensure it doesn't tip over to burnout? How do we ensure it doesn't tip over to burnout? You're asking someone that's burnt out like multiple times this year. So I don't think I have the best advice. But as someone that's seen me do it, do you have any tips? (laughs) 
I think it's hard because like with burnout, you kind of only realize it in hindsight. And at that point, if you recognize you're burnt out, babes, like you need to take a break immediately because you're probably running 100 miles an hour. Like you've been running 100 miles an hour for the past few weeks. So I think it's really hard. I think if you take some time to just sit down on what your responsibilities are, what your nine to five is, if you have like mental energy and capacity at the end of the day to even be entertaining researching these side hustles, because if you don't, then I don't think going ahead and doing a side hustle is going to be beneficial for you mental health wise. I acknowledge that's a privilege because some people need side hustles to make ends meet. There are people out there working two to three jobs right now to make ends meet. So it is a massive privilege to even be making the decision like, no, I'm not going to do this because it's not good for my mental health, whereas other people kind of need to do it. So I do recognize that. I just feel like it is a good way to reach your goals faster. It's a good way to learn some new skills and like have like new strengths and things that you can put on your CV if that's what you're thinking about or to add to your caliber of skills that you already have. And if you don't mind doing it, it's almost like why not? And you don't have to keep doing it forever. If you can set something up, ideally like a passive income stream, then you don't really have to think about it like a year down the line. So I guess in conclusion, there's a few different side hustles that are available to you. You can, for example, do print on demand, but if that's not your thing, you can do digital things like digital artworks and templates. If you're like, actually, I'm not really interested in that, there's social media, you can put out education, share your area of expertise. And if you're like, look, I'm just not a creative, I just want to work and get really good at a skill and charge a lot for it one day, freelancing your skill set is another great way just to bring in some extra income, especially during this time where the recessions are looming, inflation is high, cost of living is absolutely crazy every extra dollar helps now if you want to keep learning more follow us at girlsatinvest.com check out our newsletter the link is in the description join our facebook group read our book whatever you want to do we are here we are always around and we cannot wait for next week's episode right till next time sonia till next time sim bye bye Before we go, thank you again to HSBC for not only powering this episode, but for the rest of the season. Don't forget to check out the link in the description to find out more. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.